Welcome to the Spirit of Prophecy Church. Today our topic is interceding for the lost. Lord, we ask for your anointing to come upon your servant here. See, what's your name? That's, I'm just, just kidding. Just, just kidding. <laughs> what's your name? No, just kidding. <laughs> Lord, we ask for your anointing. We ask that you would open up our eyes and ears and help us to yes. see what uh, you're bringing to us this morning, Lord that we would be able to use it in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Shalom, brothers and sisters in Christ. So glad to see you all today. Um, <clears throat> this is a good message, and it's a message that I've pieced together. Uh, thanks to Pastor Lou. He gave me a point to some of this material, and then, you know, Holy Spirit did a lot of the rest. Um, so this is about interceding for the lost and weaponizing the word of God. Who doesn't like that? Yeah. Okay, so how many of you have been praying for loved ones for salvation? Raise your hand. Okay. We all, we all have them. We've got, you know, parents, siblings, children. We've got spouses. We've got coworkers. You know, you name it, we have it. <clears throat> Friends. And some of us have been doing this for years and years, right? It's a long grind. It can get discouraging. And right there, that's like Uncle Fred. He's, <laughs> he's a lost loved one. Notice he's on the broad way. <clears throat> he's not on the narrow path, right? That sheep's about to get hit by a car. Yeah, he's, um, he's got some danger coming, so it's not good. But we all know we've got... We've got relatives and friends and people that we're interceding for. And you know what? Somebody prayed for us. And I want to know, how many people here know specifically the names of people that prayed for you to become a Christian? Because I do. I know some people. Laura Beach was one of them. And um, uh, Nada Collier. So if they're watching this, thank you. Thank you for obeying the Lord. Um, and, you know, once you become a Christian, you kind of pick that up. You're like, oh, they were praying for me, weren't they? They were interceding for me. And it's just a beautiful thing, right? <clears throat> so, as I said, it feels like you're doing this when you're praying for someone, and it seems like nothing's happening. And that's what the devil wants to make you think. It's, oh, you can't do it. There's no give up. And he starts feeding you all these lies and wearing you down and getting you to accept little bits by little bits. So you start saying, I'll skip it today, or, uh, you know, I don't think they're going to, yeah. <clears throat> well, we all know the devil's a liar, amen? Right, even the word of God says that, right? But these are the things he, he says to you. He says, don't, I'm going to do my devil voice, okay? So, soon he and Lou, you tell me, don't waste your time. They'll never change. They're too far gone. Your prayers don't matter. You're teeny in the kingdom of God. You've tried long enough. It's time to give up. Ah, uh, you know, maybe God's word isn't all true. God's mad at you. Right? We've heard it. We've heard those voices coming in saying, just stop. Well, we tell him to stop in Jesus' name. So this is a spiritual battle, right? You got to use the right tools to fight the right battles, right? You can't use a flesh tool for a spiritual battle. It's not going to work. You're going to get yourself in deep trouble. And the Word of God says, Ephesians six twelve, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against 
principalities, that's a spiritual thing, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And you can see this person's spirit man has got a big old lion after him in the spirit. And that lion is seeking to devour. We've all got them. And your unsaved loved ones have many of these. Keeping them where they are. <clears throat> so this is nothing new. Okay? The war for the souls of mankind, it began in the garden. I want you to look at this picture. That person's being blinded. And you see the arm is reptilian. It's got some shininess to it, right? Yep. <clears throat> so it's no surprise. So we must fight this war using God's spiritual weapons. So 2 Corinthians 10, 4-5 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. You can't get anywhere being angry. You can't get anywhere stomping your feet, reasoning with someone, pleading with someone with the natural. You are going to get nowhere. Okay? They are mighty through God. It's God that powers it. It's God who makes it happen to the pulling down of strongholds. It's not you. You're just the vessel. We're all just, you know, the weaker we are, the better it is for God. You're strong in your own self. He can't use you. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. That is really getting worse and worse every day. And we see it. We see it manifesting, right? And bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And that's where the war is, right? That's where the war is. The war for the intercessor is, eh, you can skip prayer today. Or, yeah, you know, just give up. <clears throat> but our weapon <laughs> is unstoppable because it is the word of Almighty God. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. So there's a spiritual part of it right there. It's cutting out the flesh and separating the spirit from the soul. And of the joints and marrows and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So this is for you too as the intercessor because you can't be a good intercessor if you've got junk in the heart, right? If you've got a bad attitude, you've got things going on that you haven't dealt with, then you're not going to be real effective. But I like this, um, I like this illustration. Uh, there's the Holy Ghost. There's the, uh, the sword of the Spirit coming out of the Bible. The living word, Jesus. Don't you love it? Jesus is the word of God, the living word, word made flesh. It's all there. Oh, and just, I knew what was coming next. <laughs> Jesus, the living word, showed us how to fight using his, I'll say, I'll put the S there, word or sword, right? But it's amazing. Of all the things he could have done, and the devil's sitting there tempting him in the desert, and he's hungry. It's been 40 days. All temptations he was tempted by. Every way. Now, I don't go into all of them, but you can imagine. But <clears throat> this is what. But he answered and said, it is written. Now, that's his word, right? It's his word he's talking about. And he knows the word has power. It is written, man 
shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And then again, he was tempted. And Jesus said unto the devil, him, it is written again, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. It is written. It is, there's a pattern here. <laughs> I know it's in the morning, but there's a pattern. We can pick it up. Then saith Jesus unto him, get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. So he gave us the pattern. This was no accident that this appeared. Three. Three. So out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, here we go. That is doctrine. The word of God is a powerful weapon against evil. And you gotta weigh, you got to wield that sword. Now, this is something I heard someone say, and I had to quote it because it was the best ever. And I, I just ate this up this week. Whatever lie the devil is telling you, there is an opposing truth in the word of God. You've got to find that word, and you've got to weaponize it. You use it against the devil. If the devil is telling you, you're too dirty, you sinned, you said, nope, the blood of Jesus has washed me clean, and I am righteousness because of him in Jesus' name. Take that devil, get out. So anything he says to you, for instance, he was telling me, you can't get this presentation done. You're tired. That's his, my devil voice again. But <clears throat> And I said, you know what? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So shut up, devil. You're a liar. I'm a little passionate. Sorry. I'll calm it down. <laughs> so you've got to find that word, and you've got to weaponize it. Now, first, you've got to realize what's going on. You've got to realize the attack, because let me tell you, it is sneaky and subtle like oh, I'm getting a little tired I don't know if I can do this I start accepting that lie oh, I don't know if I can do this I don't know you know I forget <laughs> I got God with me I got Jesus on my side I'm forgetting oh poor me I don't think I can get this done oh. I start accepting that lie and then I'm like wait a second I know who's talking it's that one it's that one I'm gonna kick you out <clears throat> so that's the word of God, and we need to find those words. And, and the same thing applies for intercessory prayer, right? So that was Pastor Nick um, Goodshaw. Great name. So what does God's word have to say about our lost loved ones? Have you seen this? I want to do Pastor Sand's favorite. <laughs> they pull down the shade. You're talking about the gospel, and they go, Lights are on. No one's home. We're done. We've all seen that, right? And it's frustrating because you're dealing in the natural. You're dealing in the natural. If they weren't ready to receive it at that time, don't give up. Get on your knees and fight, right? It's not a natural fight. It's a spiritual. So here's what the Word of God says, and here's the revelation, and this is the meat of this, this whole thing. This is the meat of the, the prayer. Their minds have been blinded to the gospel, okay? And it's very obvious. Even if they pick up that Bible and they try to read it, it makes no sense. They fall asleep, right? <clears throat> Spirit of slumber hits them. So the word of God says, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. In whom the small g God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light 
of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Now, Pastor Lou would tell me this, hey, you want to get someone saved? You uh, command Satan to take his filthy hands off their minds so they can receive the glorious light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I remember that. I'm like, oh, and, and then I, you know, saw the teaching on it. And that's, that's true. And this is very true. So this is biblical. This is one of these truths that you need to pick up as a sword and wield. One more time. One more time. It's stuck. Stay tuned for station identification. Yes, Bill. That's right. So, so Bill was saying we have authority, and that's actually what I'm just going to launch into here in a little bit. So perfect lead-in. Thank you. <clears throat> Does this look familiar? Blinding the eyes. It's been happening from day one. The mind blinded, the mind tricked, the mind fooled. Accepting falsehoods, preventing them from seeing. But Jesus, our blessed Savior, he made a way for us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <clears throat> he that committeth sin is of the devil. For the devil sinneth from the very beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Hallelujah. And Hebrews uh, 2.14 says, through, That through death he, Jesus, might destroy him that had the power of death. That is the devil. So that's his big purpose, man. He did it. He made a way. Fear not for Jesus. The line of Judah has triumphed. Hallelujah, right? That's revelation. And then Colossians 2.15 says, And having spoiled, listen, spoiled, that means robbed, stolen, robbed, principalities and powers. Sound familiar? That spiritual realm. He made a show of them. He humiliated them, guys. He, he wiped them out. He made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Glory to God. <clears throat> so all power was given to Jesus, okay? Now, we know that Satan's a small g god of this world, temporarily, but Jesus has all power in heaven and on earth. It was given him. Um, and he even said it to his disciples in Matthew. And he, he said immediately after that, I'm going to send you now in my place. I'm leaving, but you guys now have to do the work. You have to do the work. I am deputizing you, Right? I'm giving you that authority. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. We've been deputized, but it's not like Barney Fife. Because <laughs> we have a much bigger gun. <laughs> Barney Fife had one bullet. We've got like the sword of the word, so it's okay. Um, yes, we've been deputized by Jesus. And this is a pivotal verse. And this comes into what Bill was saying. But this is the verse, and I will tell you in um, the School of the Prophets, when we practiced, just practiced deliverance, I, I was like, okay, we'll practice deliverance. And, and I, <clears throat> I'm on the phone with somebody. I talked to someone long distance, and I'm like, by Luke 10:19, it says, Behold, I give you power unto <laughs> to 
tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And suddenly the person starts manifesting on the, on the other line. I'm like, wow, this is a real deliverance. Praise God. Yes. Oh, the demonstration was when I was doing this, the person started crying. She started getting set free. That things started breaking off of her, and she was crying, and then I started crying. Then I got touched by the Holy Ghost, and it was like a flood for me that I was like, wow, finally I see someone deliver. Because I had tried many times for someone who just didn't want to let go of their sin, and it was so frustrating to me. And it, I, I always thought, oh, I'm just not, I'm not faithful enough, I'm not good enough, I'm not, don't, I haven't had, that's back, that was the devil, right? That was Satan, but then he God gave me this opportunity to see, oh, no, no, no. I was like, wow. But every time after that, every time we practiced, somebody manifested. I mean, it, God's word works. Hello? It works. He gives you that power. And <clears throat> I want to say that we're afraid. Fear is the sneaky one. Fear comes in. You can't beat me. I'm going to get you. Right? Fear comes in. I'm you're going to, I'm going to get you and you're not looking. I'll get your family. And it tells you all those nasty little lies. And you say, shut up, get under my feet in Jesus name. I tread on serpents and scorpions. You just do a little dance, but yes, but it's true. And it's not to glory over it. It's not to glory over it, but it's to recognize what's going on in your mind, right? It's to recognize what they're trying to do to stop you from doing God's work. So we don't want to fear. But when you're an intercessor, you really have to get honest with yourself. Where are my insecurities? Where am I letting fear and doubt creep in? You know, I need to check that. You have to check it because you won't be able to be effective. So when you say, Satan, in Jesus' name, I command you to take your filthy hands off of X, Y, and Z's minds now. And don't come back. You let them make their own minds up to receive the gospel of Jesus Christ. Right? You can't be fearing that. You have to say it in faith. Because you're going to be one of those sons of Sceva. <laughs> I just heard that. We have a Bible playing constantly on repeat. And I heard it. The sons of Sceva this morning. Jesus, I know. Peter, I know. But who are you guys? That <laughs> was not good. Not good. So Luke 10, 19 is a crucial verse to weaponize, all right? It's one we should all have memorized, and um, I'm thankful to have it memorized because it's one of those things, like Pastor Stan said, if you're in a pinch and you don't know it, what are you going to do? Ooh, what was that? Wait a second, devil. <laughs> you got to know it. You got to whip out that sword. Would you leave your, your, um, your weapon at home? If you're going to go to fight a battle, are you going to leave your gun unloaded? No. You're going to take it with you. So it requires some effort, and we must use that authority given to us in Jesus' name to command the enemy to loose the mind of the lost one. Okay, and this is a very good point. So that she can receive the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, just like we did. We did. We received it, right? Someone was praying for us. And that is a beautiful thing. It's such a miracle. I love it. So <clears throat> once we do that, once we've prayed for that individual and we've interceded in that way, um, biblically, another truth is that we aren't doing the saving. 
I've not saved one soul. Nobody has. Zilch. We just, we are soldiers. We are doing what we're told, right? I'm just the messenger, sir. <laughs> just the messenger of the word. I'm just an actor. I'm a private first class. That's, that's it. So, um, so we have to remember that, that it's God that draws the person to Jesus. He sends the Holy Spirit. And we can ask the Father, Father, your word says that you draw people to Jesus, and I'm asking you now, please, Send the Holy Spirit to convict their heart and bring them to Jesus. Do the work. Send it now. Because it's Holy Spirit work. And people can get very caught up and very down and very frustrated and, and get in the flesh because it's not working. It's not working. I've done everything I can. What am I doing wrong? Well, it's God's time. And it's God's way. Um, you know, right? I, I got saved in a bar by a drunk man I was dating <laughs> that was breaking up with me. I mean, who would have thought it wasn't him? <laughs> that's, a, that's a story for another day. But <laughs> no, he was, a, he was an answer prayer. I told God I didn't want to date anyone anymore, and I was ready to be single the rest of my life. And then I met Chuck the very next day. I'm like, really, God? Really? Yeah, that was a story, really. It's true. It was. It was, seriously. So, yeah, my, my wonderful husband. So that's the next step. Pray. Pray that God draws them. We can use that. It's, it's in the word of God. No, one, no man can come to me except the Father, which sent me draw him. And I will raise him up at the last day. And that is so cool. I love seeing all my brothers and sisters. Don't you? When you see, this is our family. This is who we're going to see in heaven. This is the people we're going to have fun with. These are the people that are going to be ruling and reigning. And we're going to be like, wow, you know, I didn't think it'd be this tough, but this is awesome. We get to ask Jesus for help and advice. And he's right there. I mean, it's going to be glorious. But I love my brothers and sisters in Christ. And we want more, right? We want more. We want lots and lots and lots. And that's another point. So here's, here's an interesting thing. So Jesus said, and, you know, I can't imagine what it was like for him as a kid. His brothers and sisters probably were like, oh, Jesus, goody two-shoes. Once again, Mary said, who broke this? Jesus, who broke that? You know, he had to have been mocked as a kid. If he was always doing the right thing, if he was always saying the right thing, the kids that weren't nice probably picked on him, probably weren't very nice to him, right? And even when he was preaching in his three years of ministry, at one point his family came to try to get him away because they thought, they thought he was crazy. They stood outside of where he was preaching, and one of the disciples said, hey, hey, your family's out here. And he knew. He knew what they were after. He knew that they thought he was crazy. And he said, well, wait, who's my family? Right here. You're my family. And he said, and this is when he first preached, right, in the, um, in the synagogue where they're going to throw him over the, and stone him, right, where he, he said, today in your hearing this prophecy is fulfilled, right? He, he said, a prophet is not without honor, but in his own country and among his own kin, and in his own house. 
So when you are trying to um, evangelize your family, your, your own household, your own, the people you're closest to, you're going to meet the biggest resistance. When you become a, a born-again Christian, pardon? Yeah, yeah. You're going to meet a lot of resistance, right? And, and you are to try, but you know what? Use wisdom. Amen. Let the Lord guide you. Because what I think we do, we, we talk to the others, the others of the loved ones, and those people talk to our loved ones. You see what, how it goes? When we ask the Lord to send laborers, send laborers for the harvest. And I know Bill's done this. He's, he's got the evangelism gift. Really, he does. You do. You're, you're anointed with that. Um, many people in this church are. And, but you are praying for someone else's lost one. You're touching them. You're giving them the gospel. You're obeying the Holy Spirit. God's going to do that for you, for your loved one. If you're obedient and you go about God's business and do what he says to do, he's going to take care of your stuff, right? He's going to take care of it. And, um, and to me, this is a very important thing that we then step out in faith and realize <laughs> the kingdom of God isn't just about our family, it's real easy to get close-minded and, and narrow. That's selfish, really. It's selfish, and selfishness has no place in God's kingdom, and you, you don't get very far because um, you get consumed. It just, it's not efficient. So ask God to send laborers to preach the gospel to that loved one, that person, because now you've commanded the demons off their mind, right? You're asking God to send the Holy Spirit. Now you're going to seal the deal, Right? We're going to seal the deal in God's time, of course, right? Right. Amen. So soon he says no stopping till it happens, and you can rely on the power of God to take you through. So I like this one a lot. I think this is one where we need to be more obedient, and this is where preaching the gospel to others, have you prayed? Have you asked God where to go? How many have prayed today? Today, I haven't. I see one hand. I see another hand. God, send me someone to preach the gospel to. We should do that. And you know what? It has to be a part of our DNA, and we have to step out in faith because that nasty, stinking spirit of fear is going to go, you can't change them. They're going to mock you. They're going to spit in your fast food. <laughs> you do it in the fast food line, right? So, um, plead the blood of Jesus over your food. Anyway, that's something we should all be doing because that is a great commission. That is what we're supposed to be doing. And I, I admit, you know, this doing this training was hard for me because I was like, you know, I'm not doing that, Lord. I'm not doing it. Why am I not doing it? Because I'm scared. I'm scared of losing my job. I'm scared of offending someone at work, right? Fear, stinking fear. I accepted his lies. Who can protect me? Who gave me the job? Jesus, yeah, that's right. So we have to get really honest with ourselves and our hearts and see what's, what's motivating, what's, what's making us tick. Um, and just because we failed with someone else, not, not that we even failed, just because we weren't successful doesn't mean we won't be the next time. Because God trains us up. Those failures are used. They're used to make us stronger and stronger. Because he doesn't want a bunch of wimps. He doesn't want someone that's going to go, oh, it 
didn't work the first time. You know, I have to m- mock myself a little bit. I'll mock the mocker. <laughs> Hallelujah. I think God gets a kick out of that. Okay. Now, the nice thing about praying for someone's salvation is it is in line with God's will. So here's the confidence of it all. When we are praying God's will, when we're interceding for someone for salvation, it's going to be done. And, and here's where faith comes in. Because when you don't see that result and you really aren't grabbing hold of these these weapons, and you're not making them a part of you, or, or just building yourself up in them, you can forget that. And, and the devil can take that. He'll take you at your weakest moment, just squish, squish, squish. Well, you know what? Mm-mm. No, you, you take these and you weaponize them. You, you read these back. You start, you start hearing those voices, you say, uh-uh, you're a liar, devil. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering. That's why it's taken a little while. (laughs) Not willing that any should perish. Any. Not two, not five. I tell you what, Abraham never should have stopped at ten. Right? When Abraham was praying and said, Lord, Lord, I'm going to ask you, you know, 50. Would you save it? Would you save it? He went all the way down to 10. Now, Abraham might have had a problem with counting. Did he know what Lot's family was? Did he want to leave it up to God? Because Jesus was engaging him. Jesus was saying, okay, let's see. I'm going to test you out here because you're going to be ruling and reigning with me one day. Let's see. Let's see what your judgment's like. Let's see. He stopped. Like soon he said, he stopped. What if it's just Lot, Lord? What if it's just Lot? Yeah. Yeah. So this is important. All should come to repentance. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, like it's in the word, this is what he wants, he hears us. He's a good father. He loves us. And, you know, if you can think, if you've had a good parent, and you can think, you're, you know, you would give anything good, anything that's righteous and true your kids ask for, you know, you would give it to them, right? In time. In time. Yeah, in time. Well, yeah. <laughs> but you would give it to them, right? Um, he is the same. And these are good things. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. We have those petitions. So discourage prayer warriors. Just leave that, you know, throw it into the sea of forgetfulness and start, start praying this. Say it out loud. Whip out that sword and say, mm-mm, nope. Uh, there's confidence here. We have confidence in this word that it's going to happen. Yeah, the seed of the righteous shall be delivered. Hallelujah. That's another good one. Uh, we're also seated in heavenly places, you know, and that, that's something to... Um, to understand, so when we petition God, you know, the first thing when we approach God, there's a protocol. There's a protocol. And, you know, he, he's holy. He's a holy God. And he, his name, you know, we're not gimme, gimme, my name is Jimmy. That is not a good thing. Gimme, gimme, my name is Jimmy. Gimme, gimme, my God, gimme, God, gimme, God, gimme. Right? And that happens. 
we are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, and um, it's because of God, his, his richness, his mercy, his great love that he's lavished on us through his son, even when we were dead in sins. He hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace, you're saved, right? And that's another one that gets you. The devil can come in. You haven't been working hard enough. You're not worthy. Well, you're right, I'm not. <laughs> I haven't been working hard enough, you know, but I'm covered by the grace of Jesus Christ. It's his blood that makes me righteous. There ain't nothing righteous about me. So step off. Step off in Jesus' name. That's right. That's right. You're a liar, devil. The word says it is written. <laughs> he has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine, the? you know, I can't see that, but I can, I can try to imagine it. I'm sure it's nothing like what it really is, but wow, that's amazing. So we are above. We are with Jesus, the name above all names. He's behind us. We are backed by Jesus. I was looking at a dollar bill, and I'm thinking, this is backed by the United States government. A dollar bill. But I'm backed by Jesus Christ. Wow. He's got all the cattle on Thousand Hills. So we are to pray boldly. And this is, um, I meant to put a line in here and, you know, do the boldly. But pray boldly and steadfast faith. Don't waver. Don't be double-minded. But we can pray boldly because we are seated in heavenly places. Let us come boldly under the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace and help in the time of need. And the very definition of interceding means to be a mediator between two people, right? And we are interceding. We are going to the throne. Now, you can imagine a king and I try to imagine it because we just have no righteous, <laughs> we have no righteous leaders at all. So trying to imagine this, but try to imagine a perfectly just, loyal, loving king that has your best interests, is all powerful, never steers you wrong, and going up to him and him tipping that scepter down saying, you can approach. And you say, Lord, we got a problem. There's a person that's really suffering and needs to be saved. He, you know, we can come and say, it's a bad situation, and I know that you care. And we can, we can talk like that. We can talk one-on-one. -on -one. We, can, we can, you know, it's, it's real. It's real, right? But without faith, and here's the kicker, without faith, that's a missing ingredient. It's impossible to please him. And this is another thing that really, you know, I really examined my heart, and I was telling Sunhi about this, that, you know, when you come to God, you need to know he is God, almighty God. Everything else is created. The devil's created. The demons are created. We're created. He's above it all. He has our back. His word says so, right? And he is a rewarder. He's a good God. He gives gifts. He gives us all kinds of blessings and gifts, right? He's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So if you know you're seeking him, and he knows we're frail, he knows sometimes we get it wrong, but he knows we're trying, right? You can go boldly, boldly to that throne room to intercede. Ask the Father in the name of Jesus. So here are some things that can hinder your prayer, and um, 
you got to do a heart check. And we should be doing this every day and every night or as many times as you need <laughs> you know, during the day. But um, yeah, like the first one, lack of worship, that's, you know, gimme, gimme, my name is Jimmy. Oh, God, I need this. Oh, God, I need that. Oh, Lord. Not like, wow, Lord, I woke up today. I was able to walk, speak. I was in my own home. I wasn't in jail. I wasn't being tormented. I, you know, I knew where all my family members were, and they're safe. I've got a job. I have food on the table, you know, right? right. So we, that, that worship of like, God, look what you provided to us. We have a whole eternity to look forward to, and we're just training right now, man. We're, we're training for the millennium. The millennium's a whole nother level of training, Seriously, this is not, you're not just stepping into, woohoo, it's easy. No, <laughs> we're going to be with people with sin nature, and that's going to be our charge, right? So what we learn here helps us to do that. So we need to worship the God that created puppies and kittens and, and flowers and, and sunshine and seashells and warm beaches. You know, worship that God. You know, the birds, just watching the birds. You know, it's just amazing what he does. Uh, the next thing is unbelief, and we've talked about that a little bit, but if you have unbelief, you can't go anywhere. I mean, if you're unbelieving, look, either the word is true or it's not. It's either true or it's not. And when you pick and choose a la carte menu Bible, you get a la carte menu God, and that is not God. That's not the real God. The real God is the whole Bible, the whole Bible, right? Lack of love, and in these days, it's easy to get a cold heart. It's easy to harden yourself off after you've been mistreated, rebuffed, ignored, whatever, you know, over and over, dismissed. And, man, that's one we just got to ask God into our heart. God, you shed your love into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. I need your Holy Spirit love. When I'm empty, I need you to provide the love. And right now, kind of on empty for this person I'm trying to pray for. This person that's making it difficult, I need to see them through your eyes, right? We need to love when we're interceding. We love all the time. It's a commandment. Fear and doubt, we've talked about. Unforgiveness is very sneaky. And I was going to put in here um, Corey Tinboom. I don't know. Uh, I'll start crying if I talk about her story. So <laughs> we'll do it some other time. But she... Um, she had unforgiveness she never knew about in her heart. She was preaching on forgiveness. She got out of the concentration camp. Her sister died at the hands of a very cruel guard. And she was helping to rehabilitate people, in Germany even, to help them to forgive and preaching on it. And um, at the end of her speech in Berlin, the very guard that tormented her sister to death, came up and said, great sermon, that you can forgive. And it's forgiven and thrown into the sea, that the Lord forgives us. And he says, I've become a Christian. And I know the Lord has forgiven me for my atrocities, but I asked him this grace, that I would meet one of my victims and that they would forgive me. Would you, Fraulein, forgive me? And he held out his hand. And she was like, Everything in her being went, that's that man, that man. And she, her heart fell. God, I cannot, you know, all these thoughts are going through. And it felt like an eternity to her, but it was split seconds of, of thought. But she was saying, Lord, I know your word says, if I can't forgive, 
then I'm not forgiven. If you come quickly, I'm going to hell. She said, God, help me. Help me to forgive. You have to help me with this. I want to. And she took that leap of faith, and she remembered that verse that said, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. She picked up that sword, thought it when she said it to God. She said, she stuck out her hand, and the second her hand touched that man's hand, the love of God flowed right through to her. She says, I forgive you all in all. So, and that was a result of a prayer, guys. Betsy was, had more faith than Corey. Betsy had faith to the very end of her life, and I believe, and this is my insight, and it might not be true, but I believe she prayed not only for that guard to come to Christ, because that's who she was, right? She also prayed for her sister, because she knew her sister would harbor resentment. And what, three years later, he came to Christ, and sister forgave, and they were both saved, and she'd see both of them in heaven. To the glory of God, right? That's forgiveness. Um, I'm not sure... Yes. I've got lipstick all over this. This is really important for all of us. But as believer, the what Bible tell us about the forgiveness. So we who believe in Jesus, we want to forgive people. Those people who tormented you, those parents who mistreated you, raped you, whatever, beat you, beat your mom to death, whatever, right? This happens. Maybe not in this congregation, but it happens everywhere, every day. So when you become Christian, then we finally learned how to the God said to forgive. So we try to practice. And uh, as we, Lou and I, when we do deliverance and talking to the people and counseling, they say, oh yeah, they, they, we ask the story, true story, and bring everything at the table so the blood of Jesus and light of Jesus can wash it. So you have to bring those things out. You keep everything in, then you are still in the darkness. And it gives Satan behind that. His adversary is there. Yeah. So they say, yeah, I've forgiven everybody. Did you forgive this person who did this to you for this long time? Yeah, I've forgiven them because God's word say, okay. But what I'm finding out is yes, that's a different level of a forgiveness, right? But they keep that bitterness, they keep their fences in their heart. That pain that they go through that, yeah, I've forgiven them, but they haven't let go of their fences. Amen. We all do. Yeah. So we have to go deeper in forgiveness, mm-hmm. not just through our words, because the Bible says, so I forgive that person. Some people are easier to forgive than others. But you do according to the word of God. But we have to check our heart. Not just the, yes, I've forgiven that person. But did you forgive 
Did you let go of that bitterness? Did you let go of that through the help of the Holy Spirit of that certain incident it happened to you? Yeah. It's so painful you can still not even think about. Not, you cannot visit there. Amen. When that happens, you still have something in there. And you have to ask Holy Spirit because that is not forgiveness yet. You did it through the obedience in your verbally you did, but inside hasn't done yet. So this front surgery have to happen. <laughs> Amen. So we have to recognize that. So it's not just, yes, I've forgiven every offenses or whatever, but we have to go deeper. So that's what I wanted yes. to share. We have Amen. to go deeper than that yes. to be more effective. Amen. Amen. No, I'm not done. I got I got two more slides, but <laughs> we can we can whip through this a little bit. Um, yeah, that the unforgiveness is sneaky. So is the pride. The pride gets you uh, offended. It gets you uh, acting in a way that you can't be used by God and the rest of those. Discord, bad. Complaining, bad. We know all the sins, right? But these are some of the things that, that are called out in God's word that hinder prayer. Um, before you begin interceding for anyone, repent and get your heart right. And, and like soon he said, it, you go deeper and deeper. And God, you know, oh, I've prayed this prayer. God, show me where I need to change. God, create in me a clean heart. Renew in me a right spirit. And then two days later, I'm going through something. I'm like, what is going on? Oh, I prayed that prayer. <laughs> God's showing me that I got some things to clean up, right? So uh, ask him, ask him for help. He'll help you protect yourself. Okay. Always protect yourself. Armor up, put the full armor of God on, plead the blood of Jesus, ask of God for angelic protection. And we've been trained in this church to do that. Right. And then spend time worshiping God, worshiping him for who he is. Not gimme, gimme. My name is Jimmy. You give him thanks and praise. Give you, give you. My name is, well, I don't know what that name would be. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him. So when you come to approach him in his throne room, you first go into his gates and into his courts by praising. Okay. Now I have a printout of a really good, this warfare, this kind of puts it all together. And it's from Pastor Thurman Scribner, who's with the Lord now. Um, I have that. Um, thank you very much. To God be the glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I already got one going. Two, three, five hundred. Amen. It's time to praise and worship our God. He is worthy and worthy to be praised. King of kings and Lord of lords. God almighty. He was and is and is to come. Come on, let's give him some praise. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right, we're going to do a little praise size this morning. Who knows what praise size is? It's been a while since we've done that. Yep. Yeah. Oh, man, you guys are already beating me. All right. Why don't you come on up, Jonathan? <clears throat> You're going to lead us since you've been leading it all back there. <laughs> all right. What are we doing first? We got we to stretch it out a little bit. Stretch it out a little bit. You got to get those arms stretching so you can raise your hands up nice and high. Yep, there you go. You gotta, oh, we got to spin around a little bit, too. Spin around. We got to get those feet moving, those knees moving. <laughs> oh, and the most important, let me see those big old smiles. Show the teeth. Show the teeth. 
Why? Because we're happy and happy to be praising our God Almighty, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. <laughs> All right, let's get this going. Lord, you are worthy. Hallelujah. Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let Lord, you are worthy. We will sing, sing, sing. Yes, we will. Joy to the world. Lord, you are Jesus we Christ. We will sing, sing, sing. Joy to the world, the Savior reigns. Let men their songs employ While fields and floods, rocks, hills and plains Repeat the sounding joy Repeat the sounding joy Repeat, repeat the sounding joy Hallelujah! We will sing Joy to the world. Come on, we will sing. We will sing, sing, sing. And he rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glory. Joyful, we adore thee, 
Lord, you are King of kings and Lord of lords. We want to shout your name from the rooftops. We are declaring Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let me see your hands clap. Don't tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. The shepherds feared and trembled when low above the earth. Rang angels that hailed our Savior's birth, and down the lowly manger, our humble Christ was born, and God sent us salvation on that blessed Christmas morn. Come on, go tell it on the mountain. Over the hills and everywhere go Tell it on the mountain That Jesus Christ is born Come on, let me see your hands We're going to shout it from the rooftops And he showed me the way He made me a watchman Upon a city wall And if I was a Christian I am the least of all Go tell it on the mountains Over the hills and everywhere Go Tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. Go tell it. Go tell it. Come on. Go on and tell it. Go tell it. Go tell it. Go tell it. Go on and tell it. Go tell it. Go tell it. Go tell it. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is our Savior. Hallelujah.
We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you to shout your name from the rooftops. You are Jesus, Son of God. And we will say that this is your time. Jesus, this is your time where we recognize your name. And we shout it out and hope that we get a chance to lead others to you, Lord. This is a time where depression sets in, and we cancel that right now in the name of Jesus. Father God, right now we ask that we would be those lights, the light for others to come and get to know you, Jesus Christ, as their Lord and Saviors. In the name of Jesus, amen. You may be seated. I have uh, a word I want to deliver to you, and I wrote some of it down. So while you were teaching today, I saw a new level. I saw a new level. The Lord, I feel like, is raising you up. Uh, you went through the training of the School of the Prophets, so you had the, how do I say, the academic. You had the ac- academic, and, and because of that and your perseverance to continue to wade through the swamp and to move things around and shift the spiritual atmosphere, you're learning how to acclimate into a new level of the spirit realm. I feel like that's what is happening with you. I saw it today. I saw a new boldness, a new level. You're being raised up with a new authority. It's new to you and different, but it feels good. You like it, I can tell. And I like what I saw. You're sharpening your sword. You're an excellent teacher. I'd like to see more of it. So whatever you've heard from... The enemy, he's lying. Don't believe it because uh, you're awesome. You're going to receive more revelation. Mm-hmm. Deeper word. I used to say this prayer to the guys, but they would know how to take a motor apart, put it back together blindfolded, one arm tied behind their back. So you're going to be able to take the word apart and put it back together. You're going to be able to break the bread across the water and feed it to the people so they can eat it and receive it. Well, this sounds a little bit weird, but you you had the teacher hat on today, and you also have an evangelist hat that you wear sometimes. And so um, the weird part is uh, I'm I'm going to describe that as a shapeshifter, and Jesus was the ultimate shapeshifter because he has many names like the Lion of the tribe of Judah and the Lamb of God, so he changes. Well, you are moving in that arena right now. I feel it. Different anointings are coming on you. And uh, so walk in that and learn how it feels because those will come and change like seasons. But they'll be faster than seasons. I'm proud of you for what you've accomplished. And I know the suffering that you went through. And... The Lord says you sow what you reap, and you're praying for salvation for family members like all of us are, those lost souls, but it's going to come to pass. It is gonna, I, the only thing I don't know is when mm-hmm. and how the Lord's going to do it, but it is the, the scripture says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you and your household will be saved. Amen. It is going to happen. So continue. They told me the other day, be persistent. What was the other word? Continually, continually, persistent and continually. That's how you're going to win this fight. Okay. Uh, it's a supernatural battle, but you get the sword. 
And that's what I saw. So Hallelujah. does that minister to you? Yes, I receive that. In Jesus' name, I receive that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And I'll tell you about the engine thing. I'll tell you. There's a dream I've had about that since I was a little girl. Okay. Taking the engine apart. Praise God. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank yeah. you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Yeah. Glory to God. Okay. I'm sorry. Dearly Father, we just ask that you anoint Stan from the top of his head to the soles of feet. And we thank you that the message he has for us is, is on time, a timely manner. Um, Lord, help us to receive the message and remember it as we go out the doors today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 And thank you for healing last day, Lord. For those of you, for you, those of you that don't know, November the eighth, sixth. As you can tell, her cognitive abilities are still there. And by the way, the honeydew pot did not go empty. Although I try to get it empty, I can never empty it. There's still lots of honeydews. So anyway, yes, uh, November sixth. Sunday afternoon, I laid down for a nap at 2.34, and at 3.14, she walked in, woke me up, and says, take me to the hospital. By the time we got to the hospital, she couldn't talk. Her right arm, right leg wouldn't work. We literally rolled her out of the car onto, I keep wanting to say two-wheeler, but it was actually a, uh, it was a wheelchair. And 20 minutes later, she had the blood blood breaking, blood clot breaking thing in intravenous going in her. And I believe that that's the reason. I think, I think that God, as soon as it hit, God told her, spoke to her heart, said, get to the hospital immediately. And several other people that have had similar strokes are not walking, they're not talking, they can't write, and you see her, yeah, you see her, she's walking, talking, and I tell you what, it's, it's the power of prayer, because Amen. our God can do all things through Christ that strengthens. So Lord, this morning, <clears throat> first of all, we give you the glory, we know it's your hand, you are our healer, you are our physician, and yes, thank you for the modern medicine, but we know you are the medicine. You are the physician. You are the healer. We thank you for healing her. And this morning we say, great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou only art holy, for all nations shall come and worship before thee when thy judgments are made manifest. When the morning star has hit us when we move from time into eternity and we can look back and see what you've done. Every knee is going to bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of the Father, we will cast our crowns at your feet. We'll fall on our face and say, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For Thou hast created all things and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. We look forward to the time when we can come out of a sinful body 
and live with you eternally and never, ever displease you again, never sin against you again. We look forward to the time when you have changed from become the Lamb of God to become the Lion of the tribe of Judah. From change from being the Prince of the Kings of the Earth to become the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We look forward to the time when we can be ready and go to the marriage supper of the Lamb and get our wedding garment. And to see you brought before the Ancient of Days where you're given dominion, glory, and a kingdom that all nations shall serve and obey you. For your dominion is an everlasting dominion in your kingdom is that which shall not be destroyed. Amen. And Lord, we praise you. We thank you for giving us such correction through the years, bringing us to the point to where now you can say, I'm with you and I'm going to protect you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. And that's what he laid in my heart yesterday. You know, for a lot of years, you folks have been with Spirit of Prophecy Church for a long time. A lot of years, it was like just being frank about it, it was drudgery. I mean, it's like, Lord, do I have to say this again? You know, because a lot of times, it was like every Sunday. It was some kind of correction. It was some kind of end time, scare you to death stuff. And now, all that stopped. Now he says, I want you to tell him I'm going to be there for him. I think he was changing us and correcting us and fixing our heart. I'm talking about Spirit of Prophecy Church at whole, so that in the day of trouble, he could be there for us. And go ahead and turn that off. That's too cold for me. So, back up. Today, what he wanted me to tell you is God will not forsake his saints. <clears throat> Say it with me. God will not forsake his saints. That was pretty weak. One more time. God will not forsake. One more time. God will not forsake his saints. Now, emphasize not. God will not forsake his saints. He won't. He is not a man that he should lie. He does not alter that thing that has come out of his lips. When he said something, he will do it. Be it for good, for blessings, or be it for cursings. He will do it. Now, let me back up. I want to make a point here. Let me back up and show you some of the messages that he's brought us over the last few weeks. Do you remember this one? Endure. That's right. Pray through, like they said this morning. Don't stop. Don't give up. Also, stand on the rock. Put down roots so that when the wind blows, when the rains come, our house won't fall. Blood. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb, of the Lamb. There is power in His blood. And then you remember, He's given us power to walk in miracles. He's given us power to walk in miracles. And I tell you, I have seen a miracle. I've seen many of them, but I saw a miracle, Leslie. Amen. You weren't there. I saw when she could not talk. She could not get a syllable out of her mouth. Not one, not even half a word. 
I saw the hand of God. And so I'm, I walk around. I'm not going to get emotional. I'm walking around. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's like when Leslie was in the hospital, it's like the air was sucked out of the house, you know. It's like everything just stopped. It's like... <laughs> Still the same minute. <laughs> He's given us power to walk in miracles. Amen. Not because of us, but because we know who we are in Him. Amen. Through His blood, right? Amen. He also said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I, I will fear no evil. Amen. Right? He said, there's power in the blood of the Lamb. We talked about that. He said, Stand. Stand on me. Stand on my word. Stand on my righteousness. Don't wish you wash you around, okay? Fear not. I am with you. And if I'm with you, who can be against you? Right? His truth should be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and... Good, good, good. So you've been memorizing it, right? Everybody got it down? Psalm 91? Well, Psalm 23 at least. How many got Psalm 23 down? All right, good for you. You get to go to heaven. No, no. Uh, (laughs) How many got 91 down? How many going to get them both down? You're going to. Come on, raise your hand. Come on. Come on, you can do it. You can do it. I can do all things in Christ that strengthens me, right? God is a refuge and our strength. A very present help in trouble. Remember we talked about that. Call on him. He's there. He's going to help us. I remember when they first brought Leslie in. <clears throat> I'm not going to get emotional. So they took her into the room. <laughs> the car was still running. It was still in the emergency area. So I said, okay, let, let, let me go park and, and I'll come right back. So I come back, let's poof, she's gone. They've taken her down to get a CT scan because I've got to look at her head, okay? If it's blood, you know, if there's a blood vessel broken and blood is coming into her brain, that's, that's real bad. But if that's the truth, then we don't want to give her a blood clot breaker, okay? So we have to find out, or is this caused by a blockage of blood clot? And, of course, I walked in there, she's gone. And, uh, and, uh, and I, I just lose it. I just, there was a chair there. I just fell on my knees. You talk about praying. All the time in the prayer closet, all of the times that I had memorized scripture, everything, everything, I was grabbing the throne of God like you can't imagine. I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know. But I know my God. So I started praying. And I was apparently crying out so loud that one of the nurses came over and started patting me on the back. <laughs> there was a chair there in the room, so I just... But that's what we have to do. Yes. In a time of trouble, he's a very present help yes. in a time of trouble. And in a time of trouble, we have to reach out and grab onto him. Leslie said even though she was in some pretty deep, dark places, she says she could feel the prayers. She could feel the prayers. 
Yeah, I got all you folks praying. I got all the, whatever it is, 1,300 some odd people in Fast Track, emergency prayer for Leslie. I know God in heaven looked down and said, what? what is all this prayer coming up for this Leslie? And he probably turns and says, all right, give them what they ask for. Because everybody has said she has progressed much faster. Uh, can you mute me, please? Excuse me. Okay. <clears throat> That's another thing. See, Leslie told me, put them in your pocket. Good. Put them in your pocket. I just don't put them in your pocket. <laughs> well, you know, in, in Lou Young's house, the voice of God has a Korean accent. And in my house, the voice of God has a southern accent. That's what he's trying to say to all of us. He is a very present help in a time of trouble. If you have built that prayer closet, then when that trouble comes, you can watch those bullets fly right by you and not hit you. If you understand Psalm 91, if you have Psalm 23 memorized, if you're walking with the Lord and talking with the Lord, all the time we're supposed to be praying without ceasing, then in a time of trouble, you know your prayers are heard. I wasn't afraid of COVID because I'm afraid of him. Because he's already said, thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the pestilence. That includes COVID. I wasn't afraid of COVID. I'm afraid of him. I've got some encouraging news for you today. God is on the throne. Amen. I will hide you in the cleft of my rock. Remember that? Every one of the messages for the last six, eight weeks have been encouraging. He's saying, yes, trouble is coming. Yes, I'm going to be with you. Amen. Walk in the Spirit. That was last week's message. I don't think I've had as many people come up to me in a long time. Boy, that one hit me. Boy, you were stomping toes last year. Oh, boy, that one hit me right between the eyes. Oh, boy, you know, a lot of people. Because we serve a holy God. And it's like we're trying to shoot the basketball into the hoop and the basketball's too big, it won't go through the hoop. We can't be perfect, but we have to keep trying. Okay. Joel 2.28, talking about the last days. And we may very well be in these days now. A lot of people right now are saying we are in the tribulation. While I'm not ready to say for certain that we are yet, I'm very, very close to it. I will confess that. But it's a very, very big thing to say we are now in the seven-year tribulation. We are now in seven years away from Jesus returning. That's a very big statement. And so, I mean, I keep praying. I've thrown out a fleece. He has not picked up the fleece yet. So I'm, until he answers my prayer, my unspoken prayer, 
that I know that I know that I know the tribulation started, I'm not going to say it. But I do know this, I know it's very close. And it, I know a lot of people think it have, and it's very, very close. Now, what is it saying? And it shall come to pass afterward. Okay, afterward, where afterward, a lot of the things for it, a lot of the prophecies, that I will pour out my spirit on some of the flesh. I'm sorry, what? That means it's a global thing, right? The Gentiles are coming to thee from the ends of the earth. And shall say, surely our fathers have inherited lies, vanity, and things wherein there's no profit, and have made in themselves gods that are not gods. Therefore, this once, this once, I will cause them to know. I will cause them to know my hand and my might, and they shall know that my name is Jehovah. That we are in the process of. I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. Now, when I do this, what happens? Your sons and your daughters, your daughters, shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. So, if we are in the last days, does it say we should start seeing an increase? An increase of God talking to us. I remember 1999, oh, Y2K is coming there's a computer glitch. Oh my goodness, everything's going to shut down. People are buying food and supplies and guns and ammunition and all this sort of stuff. But what was God saying? Nothing. No one was getting any dreams or visions. How about now? I've got 14 active prophecies that say that we're about to get a food shortage. 14! Including one lady, she says, I do an internet program on, on, on food. You know, I teach people how to cook. But she says, but I had a, a dream. I heard an audible voice of God tell me, go buy food. There's about to be a food shortage. It's all kinds of people. People that aren't necessary ministers. Then I've got 33 now, 33 active prophecies saying suitcase nukes will go off in America, including one of them was in her Train the Prophets, uh, Jason Meeks, saw two of them, one in Fort Worth, one in Dallas go off. He doesn't live in Texas, he's in Kentucky or someplace. Uh, 14 food shortage, 31 suitcase nuke, uh, seven saying that the Russians will attack and defeat America in one day. And I forget how many the other one was. Uh, the dollar's going to be die. It will go from 100% down to 66, down to like 33%, and then finally down to zero. I've never, in my 40 years studying Bible prophecy, I have never seen so many people have so many dreams and visions. I believe that this is taking place. Your old men will dream dreams, your young men see visions. Also upon your servants, upon your handmaids, in those days I will pour out my spirit. He's saying, if we're listening, sad to say most people are not, sad to say most Christians are not, but if we are listening, he is screaming at us right now, like I've never seen. I've never seen so many people get so many dreams, visions, angel visits, audible voices, and they're all saying the same thing. I've never seen him pour out the Spirit like this. But there's one thing missing. And that is we have not seen the fabulous miracles. Yet. 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 That's right. That's the word I'm looking for. Yet. We've not seen the miracles. 
yet. <laughs> but they're coming. Now, Colette is the daughter of David Phillips. He's been right here in this congregation. Many of you met him also at the Sevenfold Miracle Crusades. He worked part-time with Prophecy Club for about eight years. So he says this is, I believe he says, Saturday night, about 10.32 p.m. It was at night, and hang on, hang on. Don't, don't read ahead. So he, tell, he calls me, he says, I'm going to tell you exactly what happened. He said, now she's nine years old, soon to be ten, so you have to understand she's seeing it through a nine or ten-year-old eyes. She came to me about 10.30 at night. She said, Daddy, uh, Jesus came to me. Well, what would you say? Yeah, right, honey. Go back to sleep. What, tell me when to wake up, right? You know, sure. Yeah, right, Jesus came, right. Next morning, she comes to him and says, now do you want to hear about Jesus coming to me? He'd forgotten about it. Okay. I mean, right, you know, sure, yeah, okay, go, go ahead. What, what happened? Well, this is what she, was, she said. It was at night, and the room became blue. I woke up and felt like I was about to scream, and I saw a man in my room. He looked so kind. He was looking down at me, barely off the ground. Okay. When someone comes to you and their feet aren't touching the ground, you have my attention. <laughs> if you can do that, you have my attention. Anybody in the room, make your feet come off the ground and stay there, you have my attention. Barely off the ground, then I saw him, and I ran up to him and gave him a big hug. She says, that's what she is. She's a big hugger. He was standing in front of my baby changing table facing me. He was very shiny and had something on his head like a halo, kind of flat and roundish, shiny yellow. And he was wearing a sparkly shirt that read, kind, holy, blessed. She sent this picture. She drew this. She says, that's what she saw. This is the baby changing table behind her in her room. This is her in bed. This is what she saw, kind, holy, and blessed with this yellow thing on his head. I think God's pouring out his spirit. Now, listen to what he has to say. He had a short beard and long hair. His hands were out to kind of the side with his palms up. He was wearing shiny sandals and shorts that are very shiny, but not as shiny as his shirt. Then he said to me, you are wonderfully made and blessed. I said, thank you, in a shocked way. And both of us are still standing. He was slightly shorter than dad. And he said, don't be afraid. There will be some hard things in your life. But if you believe in me, you will be safe. You and your family will have tons of good things before you and will be used in life and I had a shocked and smiling face, and I gave him another hug. Now, before we go to the next point, make a couple of things. There will be some things in your life. Now, let me just tell you. Let me ask you a question. Do you think that that was just spoken to a nine-year-old girl? I don't think so. Do you think that that was spoken just to the nine-year-old girl and just to her Phillips family? I don't think so. Do you think that that was spoken only to Spirit of Prophecy Church or only to all of them and Prophecy Club? I think that's spoken to the church at large, all those people that are ready. Right? We're ready. 
There will be some hard things coming in your life. Okay, we know that. But if you believe in me, you will be safe. That's the message God's been sending us to us for the last eight weeks, right? If you believe in me, you'll be okay. You and your family have tons of good things. It's a prophecy to all of us, right? Had tons of good things before you would be used in life, and I had a shocked and smiling face, and I gave him another hug. Then he said, go back to bed. He tucked me in, and before I knew it, he rose up in the sky and said, you are very blessed to see me, and you are wonderfully made and blessed. Again, and I smiled. When he rose up in the sky through the window, he said, share this message with your family, because this has been a wonderful thing that you have just seen. Then it turned dark again. It took me two or three minutes to get used to the dark again. Then I fell asleep in two or so minutes. Now, I probably was not Jesus coming to her. I mean, it was probably an angel representing Jesus. But the angels speak as if it's Jesus. But the point is, I think the message is from God. And I think it is not just for the little nine-year-old girl. It's not just for the Phillips family. It's for the Spirit of Prophecy Church, the Prophecy Club, and those people that are walking with it, that are believing it, that their hearts are knit with them. And, of course, that will be evidenced by their support. But it's for, it's like you'll know in your heart when that's for you. How many of you know that there's a trouble coming, but Jesus is going to be with you? How many know that? It's for you then. Psalm 37, let's talk about it. This is the scripture he gave to me today. Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut down like grass and wither as the green herb. You know, I've done it and you probably you've done it too. We've looked at somebody and they've got a big house, they've got lots of money, something like that. We say, man, I don't even understand. They're not even a Christian. And yet they're, they're far more blessed than all the other Christians. What's, what's going, how can this happen? What, what, what's going on here? Well, there's a group of people, we've talked about them a lot, and they will stop at nothing to get what they want. And they serve their master, who is right now the king of this world. Remember, Job says he called a meet, God called a meeting, and Satan showed up, and he, God said to him, he says, where have you been? He says, I've been walking to and fro and up and down on the earth. Those are words of, I control the earth. He's in control. He gave that control, or excuse me, Adam gave that control to him when he ate of the fruit. He fell. But Jesus has claimed it back, but he's not in full control until the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. So he's saying to the Spirit of Prophecy Church today, fret not thyself. Don't worry about the evildoers. Don't worry about the things that do, the people that do iniquity. They're going to they're be removed. They're going to be tossed away and wither as a green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Okay, did you catch that? Trust in the Lord, be fed. Trust, fed, trust, fed. That's good. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Amen. It didn't say just barely eking by. 
if we trust in him, he will see that we're blessed. Right? Right? Some of you are going, doesn't feel like it. Don't go by feelings. Well, that's true. It, that the brother's correct. Apostle Lou is saying it's written. That's right. Trust in the Lord, you'll be fed. Delight yourself in the Lord. Now, what does that mean? It's a joy to be a Christian. It's not, you know, when I fall to my knees to my prayer closet, I say, it's not a burden. It's not taking my time. It's not, it's not bothering my life. It's the reason for my life. It's not any trouble. It's the center of my world. This moment when I come in to worship you, it is the reason I was born and the reason I have eternity is because of you. And you have earned it. You've deserved it simply by who you are. So it is my pleasure, it is my honor to come in and to fall to my knees to worship you, to tell you that I love you. To tell you who you are and that you are great and marvelous. To tell you that you and only you are worthy to take the book and open the seals. You are the only one that is worthy to bring judgment on the world. So when we have that prayer closet, we don't have to worry about food. We don't have to worry. We don't have to worry when our wife is having a stroke because we know who God is. He is our physician. Trust, fed, delight, desires of your heart. He didn't say just be average. He didn't just say pay our bills. We can do even better. Now, I know that's prosperity preaching, but I didn't write this stuff. Right? And I know a lot of people say, yeah, well, you can cut and paste anything out of the Bible and make it say pretty much anything you wanted to say. But this, he specifically said, you bring these, to, and as I was preparing it, the anointing with me, with me and I, I feel him touch me right now, I want you to tell them this. This is important that they know this. I don't know what's coming. God knows, but he wants you to know this today. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in he, him, and he shall bring it to pass. Lou and I and Cindy went and prayed over Jonathan and Kate's brand new home. Beautiful home. Drove four stakes in all the four corners. No one over the oil. We did the salt covenant. We uh, put unleavened bread at all the four corners of the house. Anointed all the windows, doors, the plumbing, the electrical. All of the ins and outs of the house. We dedicated it to the Lord. They kept quoting this verse. Also another one from Psalm Proverbs 3. But they kept quoting. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and he will bring it to pass. Because the Lord is their shepherd. They don't have to worry about problems. They don't have to worry because God is going to bless them. And he shall bring it forth. Thy, he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light and thy judgment as the noonday. Well, same thing, he leads us in the paths of righteousness. When we walk with him, we don't have to fear the world. Amen. We know this. We know this. But do we know this? We know it, but do we know it? Rest in the Lord 
and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself. Fret not thyself. Better say that. Fret not thyself. Everyone say, fret not thyself. One more time. Fret not thyself. That's hard to say, isn't it? One more time. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. The wicked will pass as the grass burned into the fire. Cease from anger, forsake wrath, fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. Just don't do it. Have you offended someone? Ask for forgiveness. Dale Carnegie said, when you're wrong, admit it quickly and emphatically. Quickly, emphatically, that means, okay, I sort of did wrong. You know, well, you need a bunch of excuses. No, I did wrong. I messed up. Won't happen again. Don't say it if you don't think you can make it, though. Especially to the Lord, right? <laughs> For evildoers shall be cut off. But those that wait upon the Lord shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be. Yea, thou shalt diligently consider his place, and it shall not be. But the meek shall inherit the earth, and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. What does that mean? It means that, I mean, there's a lot of different levels in the kingdom of God. My opinion, the top level are those people who are beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the witness uh, and for the word of God. That's the top level. The next down are the overcomers. The overcomers, he that overcometh, will I make a, a pillar in the temple of my God. He shall go no more out or write upon him the name of my God, the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down ahead of him from my God, and I will give him a new name. The next level down are those people who are saved. Where it says, and he redeems them by the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony. They love not their lives unto the death. Those are the people that are saved. And it goes on down. And then the bottom level that are still saved are those people that just, they ask Jesus into the heart. They probably got in with no blessings, no rewards, but they got in. And, of course, the next level down is they didn't get in, but they're allowed to live for a thousand years. But the meek shall inherit the earth. And there's different levels. Daniel 12.4 says, Those that turn many to righteousness shall shine as the stars forever. So apparently, the more souls we win, the brighter light body we get for all eternity. Jesus has many crowns. There's a lot of different crowns. Leslie did a, wrote a whole book on crowns. There's, I think, seven crowns. Is that correct? Seven crowns that we can get. We can get, like, for example, there's the, the first crown that everybody gets that they're, when they're saved. Then, then there's a soul winner's crown. Then there's a pastor's crown. There's, help me out. Crown of righteousness, crown of glory. Crown of, crown of righteousness, crown of glory. Crown of gold, crown of silver. At least seven we know of. And then there's mantles. We don't, we don't know. There's different garments. We don't know. But he's going to give to every man according as his work shall be. <clears throat> the wicked plot against the just and gnash his teeth upon him with his teeth. But the Lord shall laugh at him, for he seeth that his day is coming. 
The wicked have drawn out the sword and have bent their bow to cast down the poor and the needy and to slay such as be of upright conversation. Their sword shall enter into their own heart and their bows shall be broken. So all of these people, these Moloch and Baal worshippers that own the world, they think they're in control of everything. They think they're smarter and more powerful than all of us. And yet what he's looking for is a meek little lamb that would just love him and serve him. And he's going to be, the tail will become the head. The least will become the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. A little that a righteous man has is better than the richest of many wicked. You believe that? Have you ever been around someone that really has a lot of money? I've only had it happen a couple of times in my life. I mean, been around someone that really has a lot of money. Most of the time, they're wicked people, very hateful. They, yeah, they don't, they don't love people. There's not a lot of love in their heart. The Bible says that a righteous man's sleep is, I'm, I'm not quoting this exactly right. The righteous man has deep sleep. But the, the wicked run when they're not being pursued. The wicked can't sleep. I, I remember there was a, I won't say his name, but there was a movie star, maybe a singing star would be a better way to say it, that died of propofol. Propofol, he said he wanted to take it so he could just sleep. Probably because he so many demons... Wouldn't let him sleep. Do you have restful sleep or not? How many of you have restful sleep? That's a good thing. That's a good thing. When you lay down and sleep peacefully. How many of you from time to time do have a nightmare? You have something evil come to you in the night. Okay. Well, may I suggest that you start putting on the full armor of God, plead the blood of Jesus, put the angels around about you, specifically every night before you go to sleep. And if that doesn't do it, then it's time to re-anoint your house. Every window and door with the blood of Jesus, put the angels to be placed around about it. And probably you need to get some stakes. Uh, talk to Leslie or soon he and Vic or Lou can help you to do that, <clears throat> to stake the four corners of your property. By the way, have you anointed your car? I'm talking about put some oil, some olive oil on it, and pray that the angel will be placed around about it, and no harm or evil befall you. That'd be very good. The Lord knoweth the days of the upright, and their inheritance shall be forever. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time, and in the days of famine, they shall be sad. That's the other thing. I've got like 12 or 14 says we're coming into a famine or a food shortage. I think I mentioned that. But the wicked shall perish, and the enemies of the Lord shall be as the fat of lambs. They shall consume into smoke, shall they consume away. The wicked borroweth, payeth not again, but the righteous soweth mercy and giveth. For such as be blessed of him shall inherit the earth, and they that be cursed of him shall be cut off. One of the good tests, if you want to know just how close you are to the Lord, and I'm not taking an offering, okay? I'm just, I'm telling you what I've discovered. If you want a, a 
a thermometer. You know, you put that thermometer under your under your tongue to see what your temperature is. If you want, if there were a Christian monitor where you could put it under your tongue and see how close you are to God, one of the things that would be on there is how's your giving. And I'm not talking about just what you give here, but all the time out there. Are you a generous person? Are we praying on a like we were talking at the men's meeting last By the way, the men's meeting was an awful, awesome meeting last night, wasn't it? Awesome. Yeah. 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 Let's do it, again. Amen. it was awesome. One of the other things would be, how's our praying? We were talking at the men's meeting. We don't pray from time to time. We walk around in constant communication with him, right? Constant communication. We're always talking. Yeah. Leslie walks in, I have to be quiet when I'm in the shower. <laughs> Here's me talking in the shower. I'm not going to look over at her. <laughs> We're always talking to him. We're always walking with him. Always. Amen. Always. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. The steps of a good woman are ordered of the Lord, and he will delighteth in her way. When a man's ways please the Lord, even in times of trouble, he hears our prayers. Leslie's sitting right here today is a miracle. That's right. She's a miracle. She got a miracle. I guarantee told you. Now, we've got to say that down in Texas where you got Garn told you. She got, <laughs> she got a miracle. Though he fall, he shall not utterly be cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. I have been young, and now I'm old. <laughs> scratch this part here. Scratch the <laughs> Yeah, scratch that part there, okay. I've been young and now I'm old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. What Jesus is saying to the Spiritual Prophecy Church today is, yes, there's some trouble coming. But instead of biting our nails, crawling up into a fetal position and crying and, and weeping and getting all scared, some people are going to say, doggone, we're going to be saying hot dog. Finally, people start listening to us. Finally, we can start leading people to the Lord. Finally, we can start having angel visits and dreams and visions and audible voices. Finally, we can walk in a, in a, a more powerful and a closer way to Jesus. Amen. Amen. Okay, there's trouble, but he's going to be with us. Everything is, I believe there will be a time when, like Mary and Joseph, the angel visited them in the middle of the night and said, oh, Okay, it's time for you to go to Egypt. Egypt? Are you serious? Egypt? This is like Odessa, Texas, you know. <laughs> Everybody's filling in the blank of their place they don't want to go to. <laughs> I've been young. Let's skip over that. Yet I have not seen the righteous <laughs> forsaken nor his seed begging bread. He's saying, Spirit of Prophecy Church, don't worry about it. I got this. Amen. It's not surprising me. I know, look, nothing happens unless he allows it. Yeah. 
nothing. They can come into Dimitri's bedroom or into his home, bedroom too, with electronic equipment to see through the walls because they know he has Bibles. See, I'm trying to get closer to God. <laughs> Try to see the Bibles. But his whole house was filled. His, his house was a Bible warehouse. He had them setting every place. Little Michael, he says, I was only, you know, small. They said, where are the Bibles? He said, so I answered them right, right there. His mom slapped his hand and said, shut up. They couldn't see the Bibles. They couldn't see them. He pulls up to a checkpoint. Somebody had taken out the passenger seat, the back seat, had so many Bibles in the car, had them across the dash of his car, he could barely turn the steering wheel. Pull up to the checkpoint. What are you doing all these books in the car? We know you have Bibles. Where do you have the Bibles? They'd open the trunk of the car, throwing the Bibles around. Where are the Bibles? We know you have Bibles. They couldn't see them. If God can blind the eyes of people when they can't see that what's in their hands is a Bible, what are we worried about? What are we worried about? He's going to be there. We've had, I've said this before, we've had people that have had dreams where during the tribulation when the mark of the beast had been handed out, so that no man might buy or sell, so he had the mark of the name of the beast or the number of his name. They would sit down in front of an empty plate, bow their heads, thank you Lord for this food, open their eyes, and the plate is full of food. God has got this. It has not surprised him. None of this is a surprise to him. He's got it all down. And he's said in his word, and he's confirmed it. See, everybody's thinking, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's probably true someplace. But it's not true for me. It's not true in this church. What God is saying is, yes, Spirit of Prophecy Church, it does count for us. He is talking to us. I've been young. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor the seed begging bread. He is ever merciful, and lendeth, and his seed is blessed. That's us. Amen. Depart from evil, do good, and dwell forevermore. For the Lord loveth judgment, and forsaketh not his saints, forsaketh not his saints. They are preserved forever, but the seed of the wicked shall be cut off. The righteous shall inherit the land, and dwell therein forever. The mouth of the righteous speaketh wisdom. And his tongue talketh of judgment. The law of his God is in his heart. How do we get it there? Yeah. We read it. We memorize it. Okay. Yeah. Memorize. The law of God is in his heart. None of this his steps shall slide. So when we know his law, when we're walking with him, our steps don't slide. The wicked watcheth the righteous and seeketh to slay him. The Lord will not leave him in his hand, nor condemn him when he is judged. Wait on the Lord, keep his way, and he shall exalt thee to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, thou shalt see it. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. He shall give his angels charge over thee to bear thee in her hand, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. He shall tread upon the lion and the adder. The young lion and the dragon shall he trample underfoot, because he has, because he has uh, set his love upon me, 
he shall call upon me and I will deliver him. I, I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. With long life will I satisfy Yeah, I do know it. long life will satisfy him. Show him my salvation. We're not afraid of the things that are coming. <clears throat> and they may come this week. I don't know. I've seen the wicked in great power and spreading himself like a green bay tree. A bay tree is huge. Yet he passeth away, and lo, he was not. Yea, I sought him, but he could not be found. Mark the perfect man, and behold the upright, for the end of that man is peace. That's us, peace. But the transgressors shall be destroyed together. The end of the wicked shall be cut off. But the salvation of the righteous is of the Lord. He is their strength in the time of trouble. He is their strength in the time of trouble. And the Lord shall help him. Let me just tell you, if you don't know trouble is coming, go talk to Bill. Bill shocked us last night. He shocked us. I said, Bill, he was talking about what happened to him, his leg. He never shown it. Never lifted up his, his trouser at all. I said, Bill, show us your leg. He lifted up. Pulled down his sock, and there was a gasp in the room. I, t- I was trying to explain to Leslie what it looks like. I said, yeah, I don't know how to explain what I saw. Right, guys? Yeah, that, that's what you call a miracle. Yeah, that, that's, yes, it was like, like you could see through the skin, like you'd see the bone that didn't used to be there. The muscles, the tendons, like, it's like, uh, like a glass leg. You could see through his skin. It's like, there was a gasp in the room. Miracle of God. The man, three weeks, they tried to get him to cut his leg off. And then eventually, it's three months, they tried to get you. Right, right? Am I telling right? No, three for those of you that can't hear what he's saying, he said, yeah, for three weeks, they came in trying to get me to give them permission to take my leg, even my family. Anyway, so Lord, he's, he has a leg, but he didn't have a bone from ankle to knee. No bone. I guess pulverized bone, but God regrew the bone, the ligaments, the muscles. Amen. Mark that perfect man, behold the upright, for the end of that man is peace. But the transgressors, they'll be destroyed together. The end of the wicked shall be cut off. The salvation of the righteous of the Lord, he is their strength in the time of trouble. And the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them because... Are you encouraged today? Do you know that God is going to be there for you? He is going to be there for you. Okay, so that's my sign to shut up and wrap it up. I want to pray a blessing. I want to pray a blessing in the, the way I, I, not everybody has to get this blessing. But if you want to receive the blessing in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise both hands. At both hands as a sign you want that blessing. And it's going to be a blessing that God is going to be with you in the time of trouble. And there's some other things to lay to my heart. Matter of fact, Leslie, you feel strong enough to come up here and agree with me? No? Okay. Okay, no? Okay. So if you want the blessing, raise your hands. Raise both hands. Lord, I pray 
that everyone that raises both hands this morning. Also, those people that are watching by video, whether it's live or recorded, I pray that, first of all, that in the time of trouble, they would have you with them, that you would provide, protect, guide, direct, that they would have additional dreams, visions, angel visits, audible voices, and that they would be guided and directed to do your will in the time of trouble ahead. And that every one of them would hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. That every one of them would do that thing that you have set for them to do. Be that for easy or be that for difficult. Whatever it might be, that they would do your will. I ask you to get them closer to you, Lord. And if there's anything in their lives, and there is, that displease you, speak to their hearts. Speak to all of our hearts the things that we need to change so that we can be pleasing and close to you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Okay, so if you'd like to join this congregation, here's a way to do it. Go right there, Spirit of Prophecy Church or Prophecy Club. Click Become a Member in the bottom left corner. And if you're on YouTube or something, then click like, share, and subscribe. It helps other people to see and to get the message. And by the way, email this out to your, some of your friends. And there's also another thing. Uh, I do this program called Prophecy Club. And if you want to know about what the prophets are saying these days, you want to know about those 14 dreams and visions of food shortage and the suitcase nukes and things like that, then I would suggest you go to prophecyclub.com. You can watch it there. You can also download an app. Go to the App Store and just type in Prophecy Club, download the app, and that's, you can watch it right there on your cell phone. And then finally, I'm going to ask you to say a quick prayer here. If you say the quick prayer, then I'll ask you to send an email to this address. Why? Because it's a confirmation before the Lord that you've received Jesus, that you've asked him into your heart to be your Lord and Savior. Here's the quick prayer. I <clears throat> go in and I give blood. And when I go in to give blood, there's this long questionnaire every time you have to fill out, for those of you that know what I'm talking about. And you go into this little room that is about the size of a bathroom. I mean, a, a private bathroom at your house. It's small. It's just big enough for two people to sit in there. And it takes about 10 minutes to fill this out. And then about another 10 or 15 minutes for them to poke your finger and all sorts of things like that. So... Instead of uh, just going in there without an agenda, it's like, hot dog, you're going to be in this room with me for 10 or 15 minutes. And Friday morning at 8 o'clock, I was there, and I walked in, I sat down into the room, and this lady sat down. She was about 19 years old, and she had a rock around her neck, and it had inside of the wire. So I thought, okay, Stan, now don't be too direct here. Uh, Lord, help me say the right words. So I said, okay, so tell me about the decoration around your neck. Oh, that's, that's my rock. It's my crystal. Oh, okay. We chatted on a little bit. I said, so uh, are you new here? Yeah, I've been here about two months. Uh, so you're new to the area? Yeah, yeah, I moved here from Oregon, Washington. Hmm. <laughs> that explains it. 
So um, what is that on your wrist right here? And she had a sword about that long. She had a sword with a snake wrapped around it. I said, oh, what's that on your wrist? She says, oh, that's my snake. Lord, help me to say what I need. Now stand, be, be, be calm, be quiet, you know, and be easy here. Oh. So we chatted on a few more minutes. I said, so <clears throat> why do you have a snake on you? Oh, I, I, just, I, just, I just wanted a snake on me. I like a snake. Shoo! Didn't even understand it. So I waited a few more minutes. So I said, well, <clears throat> do you know what a snake represents? No. I said, well, I'm a pastor, and I said, let me tell you what the Bible says. The Bible says, I saw another wonder in heaven. Behold, a great red dragon. Another place it says, who's the devil and Satan who deceiveth the whole world? I said, so... The snake is a sign of the devil. You got it on your right wrist and you're right-handed, right? She says, yes. I said, well, has anybody ever told you that that's bad? No. I said, so have you ever been told about Christianity and all that sort of stuff? No. I said, well, would you like me to briefly explain? She said, yes. It's like, you don't realize what has been released into this little room with you. <laughs> so I began to explain. I said, well, all of the other religions out there say that there's many pathways to God. But the difference in Christianity, Christianity says there's only one pathway to God. And that is through the finished work of Christ on the cross. Now, she didn't understand that, and I knew that. So I said, essentially... Jesus was crucified to open up a door so you can live eternally, and it's free. And I told her about the Muslim driving down this, the, the road out in Dubai, wasn't it? So he's driving. He can't exactly say a prayer. And I told him, I said, have you ever, in all your Muslim prayers, have you ever felt the peace of God? No, I haven't. I said, if you'll pray this prayer, you'll feel the peace of God. She says, well, I'm interested in looking it out, looking it up. And I thought, I should have a card. And I didn't have a card with me, so I wrote down the address, invited her to come to church, told her how she could start listening to the program. She's very close. So here's what I've been doing. I've been, I'm not going to say her name. I've got her name. I'm throwing that name up, right? So I know what's going to happen. God's going to intervene. But as Christians, that's who we are. That's what we do. <clears throat> but as Christians, that's who we are. That's what we do. Amen. Thank you. Can't shut us up. Like Leslie last night, <laughs> she says, now this is a men's meeting. Don't talk about prophecy. <laughs> well, I said, no, I'd already determined we, we were not going to talk about prophecy. But to a real Christian, don't talk about Jesus. You say, no, no, you don't understand. That's all I do. Every opportunity. That's all I do is I talk about Jesus. But if she'd said, yes, 
I'd have simply said, then just say, Jesus, be my God. So to you people watching, to you people in the room that might not accept Jesus, just simply say, Jesus, be my God. Forgive me. Save me. In Jesus' name. There's more to it. That's just a first stop, first step. But he'll show you more. But it starts with that. It's as simple as that. If you said that, if you ask Jesus into your heart, send me an email. Okay. I've already prayed, covered all that sort of stuff. So I guess I'll say goodbye.